here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. That's not, what, what's really funny is the fucking bank job away in Seat Caucus, I'm in the middle of the fucking weeds laying down. He comes over, he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm resting. Here you're resting. Got a fucking beach in a park. I said, I'm resting. I know I'm resting. I'm resting. They pull me in. They start giving me all kinds of questions, you know, this and that. He says, oh, uh, so what are you going to tell us, tough guy? I said, my usual. Zero. Nothing. I tell you, the fuck. He says, no, you're going to tell me something today, tough guy. I said, all right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> Bing, pow, boom, you saw the paper, Anthony, my head was up like this. So now I'm coming around, you know, I start to come out of it. Who do I see in front of me? This big prick again. He says, oh, what do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> I thought he was going to shit. Pow, Bing, pow, motherfuckers. Gee, I wish I was big just once. <laughs> You're a big cop. You're a pussy. <laughs> really funny. Really funny. Uh, what do you mean, I'm funny? <laughs> it's funny, you know. You're, it's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's, it's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? What? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, so? let me understand this, because I, you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just, you know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. <laughs> you motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. Stuttering, yeah, stuttering prick here. Frankie, was he shaking? I wonder about you sometimes, Henry. You may fold under questioning. <laughs> You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich, and joining me today is the host of a podcast that I've been on many times, Wrestling Omakase which is also on the VOW Podcast Network. You can also find their various writings on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Mostly, Ma- new, mostly new Japan previews. Mostly obviously. that, mostly that, yeah. 
making their triumphant return to Music of the Mat. It's the one and only John Carroll. John, welcome back, man. Well, thank you for having me, Andrew Omakaze. I know. I'm <laughs> Omakaze. Sorry. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. After I said it, I realized I was wrong. And I went over it in my head like all day long, like over and over and over again. But, you know, when when the mics turn on, it just it just shoots right out there. It's, you know, it's cool. I just wanted to I, I have a reputation to uphold. I can't let that slide. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I apologize. I apologize. It's fine. I mean, that is. It's good to be back, you know. Um, anyone who followed me on Twitter knows I had a rough week, but um, you know I'm very happy to be back on Music of the Mat to, you know, get my mind off of stuff and have a good time, talk about theme songs, and generally be wacky. Well, you know, I, I figured that um, I've been on Omakaze three times now, yeah. uh, which always been a ton of fun to be on the show too. Um, but you've only been on this show once. And that was back on episode eight, the uh, Dragon Gate Heal Units episode, which was about a year ago now. So I wanted to balance the scales somewhat a little, you know, and uh, return the hospitality and have you on again. Because, you know, I enjoy talking to you about wrestling, whether it's on here or on Twitter or the Slack chat or wherever. Mostly Slack. Yeah, mostly there. (laughs) Yeah, mostly on Slack. Um, Yeah, I mean, you've, you've been on here. You've been on three times, including an episode that you basically pitched. Which was like the the old WWE episode, yep. which was fun, but not not a topic I probably ever would have broached if <laughs> if not prodded. So, um, it, but it was fun, and that I mean that episode did get some you know people seemed to enjoy it. So, well, yeah, you, you know, know eh, uh, old... I'm a draw. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Before that, it was like two New Japan episodes. So, um, but yeah, I mean you do record less often than I do though, so that's tr- mm-hmm. that's worth keeping in mind. Like I'm pretty solid every week other than like you know when very bad things happen but um you know other than that i don't think i've really missed a week so whereas i think you're well you're like every other week right right yeah so but yeah so omakaze it's on the voice of wrestling podcasting network it's been a it's been a journey we're already approaching a year of it which i cannot believe uh just time just moves so fast as once you start getting older and um, I'm very proud of everything we've done and the, especially just the, the variety of different topics we've been able to broach. I mean, you know, you've been on to talk New Japan. You've been on to talk like 2003 to 2007 WWE. You know, we do like Joshi. We do like every other Japanese version of the sun. The only thing we probably don't really do that much is Lucha. And that's just because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so like, I just have no frame of reference on the Lucha. Unfortunately, like I, I, we did, we did one episode with Jr. Um, like on Lucha, Lucha Hall of Fame candidates, but I really don't know. Any, Lucha is not my uh, area of expertise. So, um, but yeah, other than that, it's been fun, and you're obviously very welcome to come back on again. I'm surprised you haven't been on any of the draft episodes yet. Look, I, I missed the boat in the first one. Okay, so I, that's my <laughs> yeah, excuse you, like, there. Just so. missed it. The next draft is next week, and. I guess we'll probably come out like a few days after this comes out, and that'll be like our our WWE Women and Joshi draft. I just figured you you didn't volunteer for that one because you don't know about Joshi, probably. Right? Not really. No, yeah, it's, no. Just, it's fair. Um, I mean, I was surprised some of the people that volunteered for for that one. I was like, wow, I didn't even know the two of you watched Joshi, but apparently Kelly and uh, Lawson surprised me. Oh well, spoilers for that episode then. Yeah, 
Well, no, I already, I already said it on the last one with Kaze. So. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try to always have at least be booked one week ahead so I can plug the next week at the end of the episode. Well, John, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the last time that you were on the show, we talked about Dragon Gate. And today is episode 33. We will be talking about another prominent Japanese promotion that begins with the letter D. Um, of course, I'm talking about Tradition. Yeah, uh, Tradition. Kidding, kidding. I'm really course, excited I'm to talk about Osamu Nishimura. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the definitely. Bob Backlund MSG tour. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding. I'm talking about DDT Wrestling. Dramatic Dream Team is what those letters stand for. Yep. Uh, DDT is one of the major wrestling promotions in Japan. Uh, it was founded back in 1997, and it's still going strong today. And DDT... Although, good luck, good luck finding shows from 1997. Well, yeah, I <laughs> imagine so, yeah. yeah. Um, DDT, it's one of those promotions that I made an effort to delve into more at the start of the year. Because I've seen a few matches here and there, and a few clips, and so forth, but um, I've never really followed it any closer than that. So this year, I, I've started to pay more attention to DDT, and a lot of what I've seen has been you know, pretty solid. Um, I don't watch every single show, but from what I, from what I've seen, I, I like it a lot. So um, now, John, many moons ago, you were actually the one who told me. That if I ever did a DDT episode, I should give you a call. Yes. And, yep, here you are. Here I am. So, yep, here you are. Yeah. So, safe to say that you're a fan of DDT. Yeah. Um, I... You've been watching it longer than I have as well. Yeah, so... only like only like two years, but like as far as fo- following every show. But it was, my, it was my first trip to Japan that really got me into it. Like, it's when I first went over there and I started seeing like, you know, I saw like the, the like I was on there with uh, Jamie who runs the dramatic DDT mm-hmm. site, and I just saw, like, how passionate he was about it. And then, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me check this out. And I just started watching it. It was just fucking awesome. So, I forget. Can I curse on this podcast? I don't remember. Oh, go ahead, sir. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Fuck yeah. No. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just love it. DDT's awesome. It's just, it's just so many things at once. It's yeah. It's like, if you're not into, if you're not into what they're doing in their, like, serious title scene, which I'm not right now, honestly, then you still have, like, wacky comedy you still have you know the six-man tag they just have such a like a gigantic roster now too especially when you add in like all the sister and the sister and brother promotions that's just like there's just always so much going on with them by the way you didn't the other thing too that's funny about me being on a ddt episode did you know that ddt and dragon gate my last episode actually did shows together i didn't know this no no yeah they did the dramatic dream gate which was oh god I, don't know, I should have looked up the years it's like I believe it's one of them was like 2008 so it's been a while now but they did do like they did two shows together called Dramatic Dreamgate and you know it was a very um, it, it was a very big thing at the time and like involved uh, Akira Tozawa getting viciously assaulted by Don Chukudino and a lot of other things that ha- went down then but yeah it was a uh, so they yeah they, they've they've hooked up before the Dramatic Dreamgate it's been a long time now. But yeah, that is a that was a thing. Yeah, what appeals to me about DDT is the variety of it, you know, because I think people who who aren't in the know on DDT they tend to put it in a certain box, which is crazy, goofy, yeah, silly, weird comedy wrestling, which 
To be fair, uh, they have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a big part of yeah. what DDT is. I mean, if you if you want what... if you want monkeys winning titles, monkeys <laughs> boxing gloves, like yes, this is your promotion. Monkeys, ladders, food, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all that stuff and more. Yeah, that's what makes DDT stand out amongst the other Japanese promotions, yeah. and it's also what I imagine has gotten them the most attention over the years. Um, but if you really look at DDT. Like you said, John, there's a lot more to it than comedy. Um, yes, you have Dan Shoku Dino and Super Sasa Dango Machine and Antonio Honda and Kazuki Hirata and all those guys, but you've also got guys like Kanosuke Takashita and Tetsuya Endo, Shuji Ishikawa, Daisuke Sasaki, Shigehiro Eri, Speedball Mike Bailey, Harashima, Kazusada Higuchi, who are all very talented wrestlers who will put on these serious, awesome, blow-away matches. You've got an extreme division that does these crazy hardcore matches. You've got DNA, which is DDT's rookie class. Um, Sometimes on a big show, um, they'll bring in, as you mentioned, Joshi wrestlers from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Or they'll bring in outsiders like Naomichi Marafuji or Jiro Kurashio or Colt Cabana or Daisuke Sakamoto. It's not just one flavor of ice cream. You know, there's plenty to pick and choose from. Um, now, granted, granted, they, they will sprinkle in some comedy into those other areas. Like, Shuji Ishikawa will wrestle this intense, full-force, serious match. And then afterwards, he'll sing some karaoke while Mad Polly dances. <laughs> Which I love, by the way. I love that a lot. Yeah, but still, it awesome. it's not like comedy is the main focus all the time. You know, there, there's plenty yeah. of different styles of wrestling to go around. I mean, the general rule is if you're watching a DT undercard, you're probably going to see a bunch of comedy. Like, that's that's where they stick a lot of the comedy. You're probably going to see a bunch of the DNA guys in, like, some kind of six-man tag or something. And, again, some of the veterans in, like, a more serious match. And then it's going to build to a main event where you're almost always going to get, like, you know, some really good wrestlers in a really good wrestling match. So it's just a very much like a, you know, I know plenty of people that don't watch the comedy in DDT that just watch the serious matches. And, you know, that's, you know, if you really cannot stand comedy wrestling, then I, I, I told you can totally still get value out of DDT. But if you do like comedy wrestling and, and the, the big thing for DDT for people so used to North American comedy is like really specifically WWE <laughs> is that DDT comedy is actually often funny. So I think everybody should give it a chance, but um, sometimes the humor can be very Japanese. So you know, yeah, I'm grateful really that the variety is there and that they do have this serious in-ring stuff to go along with the comedy stuff. Because um, not that I'm opposed to comedy wrestling, obviously, because you know it's me we're talking about here. You know, I'm I'm a corny, (laughs) jokey boob. But like you suggested, John, some of that comedy in DDT, it doesn't always land with me. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of it is language-based, you know? Uh, like, when Super Sasadango Machine is doing his eight-minute PowerPoint presentation, or when Antonio Honda is telling a story on the mic during a match, or whatever. By the, the, uh, the Honda story is the same thing every time, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's still in Japanese. I mean, I, I don't know what he's saying, regardless, so... <laughs> And there are no subtitles either, so all of it goes right over my head. Yeah. So I, I do prefer the more physical comedy that goes beyond the language barrier. Um, 
except for the Dino stuff. Uh, I'm not really not really a fan of that particular brand of physical comedy, shall we say? Uh, it, it's just too much for me, you know. Um, yeah, I'm a sweet, I'm innocent boy, John. I'm a sweet, innocent boy. <laughs> um, but I mean, people should also keep in mind too that the DDT. And first of all, Jamie at Dramatic DDT has been doing an awesome job. So if you're not watching these shows live, you can you you can if there's some joke that you didn't get, you can al- almost always like read his report and you'll figure out what the joke and he'll explain the joke. Um, but now like there's these DDT English accounts that are, you know. I, I know it's like Mr. Haku is the guy who's doing it now. And he he basically like is translating these promos and, and tweets too, which is very important actually for DDT. Like DDT wrestlers fucking love Twitter. So like they tweet, uh, DDT and Tokyo Jersey Pro, they tweet a lot. So like getting those tweet translations have been awesome too. But yeah, but he's been translating stuff like during the shows, which is really cool and very helpful. And like I've been, you know, I know a little bit of Japanese, but not like enough to you know enough to understand like 10 percent of a promo usually so like having him there to to really help has has you know has helped me has helped me get even more of the humor in real time the other cool thing i want to mention about det because you know if you're like me and i assume i actually i don't know what your work schedule is like if you're like me and you work like a nine to five or ten to six job you probably don't get to see a lot of japanese wrestling live these days you know a lot of it's at like 5 30 a.m but the cool thing about det is their corkins are always like 12 p.m japan time on a weekend so even in the eastern time zone that's like 11 p.m on saturday you know on friday or saturday so it's it's like the only japanese promotion left that i can actually watch live as an adult with a you know full-time job now so that's a cool thing too i want i definitely wanted to mention that it's it's one of the few promotions you know us adults can watch live, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, speaking of variety, actually, that variety in DDT, um, that also extends to the music as well. You know, yeah. you, you go to a DDT show, you'll not just see different types of matches and styles of wrestling, but you'll hear different styles of music as well. And that's really what I want to focus on in this episode is the, the different styles of artists and sounds and genres that we'll talk about today. Uh, you know, some of it is in-house, some of it is um, mainstream Western artists, and some of it is mainstream Japanese artists. Yeah, um, which is very that, rare for Japanese Yeah, it's very rare. Which, very people, rare, which is yeah, weird yeah. when, like, when you gave me this list and I was looking through it, it's like one of the things that really struck me is, wow, they actually use Japanese artists in... in in DDT because like there's really nobody that uses that in, in uh all J- in New Japan and even like all Japan it's like they use some Japanese like artists but it's like mostly obscure stuff like like whoever does that Zeus rap or whatever you know right but but it's not really mainstream Japanese artists so it's very rare for Japanese wrestling for whatever reason the thing is though and I think I have this right is that DDT Universe which is their streaming service, Yeah, they will allow the mainstream songs to be heard and not dubbed over, but only on certain shows. Only only on tape shows. So basically on the live feed, because I because it's the same feed that's going to Abima, which is like the uh, this over-the-top service that owns, that the company basically owns DT now, those still have to be censored. Um, you know, not well, censored, like dubbed, dubbed over slash muted. But the the tape shows usually have no problem. Like the shows that they're they're just putting up later, and when you play them back, like those almost never have anything muted. Now, if you can get access to the Samurai TV feed, like 
I have, then you don't have to worry about anything like that, which is like one of the songs on this list. I know they mute every single time a DT universe. And I'm just like sitting here like, thank God I can watch it on Samurai because <laughs> I can't imagine not hearing the song. But I will, I'll, I'll say it when I get to it. So, yeah, to sum it up, if it's a taped show, like a smaller house show, you'll hear all the music. Yeah. And if it's a larger show, like Kirk and Hall or Sumo Hall, it's going to get dubbed. And and that's yeah. just the you know just just the name of the game in wrestling yeah. really so I mean it's different than like New Japan World well I mean the only song left they dub is uh, Makabe Kabe. yeah but like he they dubbed out everything though not just the the live show and in freaking all Japan TV it's like the entire basically the entire show the entire show <laughs> is muted except like Suwama and Miyahara I think are the only the only two I can think of whether they're not muted so. All right, John, are you ready to dramatically dream a little dream with me? I'm very ready. All right, so we have eight wrestlers, eight themes to talk about today. We start off with Hiroshima, all capital letters, very important there. Thank you very much. Hiroshima, one of the longtime pillars of DDT, a nine-time openweight champion, an eight-time tag champion, current extreme champion, hero to children everywhere, his theme is called Somato. Can I explain the, the capital letter thing before? Can I get like really nerdy? Well, I uh, just entered the song, but fine. Oh. Go, ahead, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, but I want to I want to explain this because I'm always. Do you know why that the, all those Japanese wrestlers with the English names like the letters are capital? No, I do not know. Okay, because capital and lowercase, like uppercase and lowercase, does not exist in Japanese. So if you're going to display a name in, um, in basically with English letters, um, you know, Romaji, as they call it, it would always be capital. So that's why they, they don't have lowercase. So they're not they're not trying like I think Americans, when we see it, we think they're trying to make a point by putting it in capital letters. Right. Like Kenta or Hiroshima. <laughs> but that's really not the point they're trying to make. The point they're just trying to make is like this name is in English. So it's exotic. Like, the first time I saw... I think the first wrestler I ever saw that actually used lowercase English letters in their name was, like, um, got Kazuma Sakamoto. When he came back over to... When he came back over to America after they... Or back over to Japan after the whole run is, like, Tenzai's servant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. he Kazuma Sakamoto was the first Japanese wrestler to just be like, hey, lowercase letters exist. I'm gonna I'm gonna use them. But, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the reason. Because they don't... Like, uppercase, lowercase, it's not a concept that is, um, like, you know, that they, they use in language, basically, so. The more you know. Do, 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 do. It's okay if you want to cut that out. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, as I was saying before I was so uh, rudely interrupted there, uh, <laughs> this is called Somato.
we're starting off with here is a staple of the Japanese wrestling music uh, oeuvre, and that is the classic combo of heroic rock guitars and delightfully triumphant sounding keyboards. We've heard it a million times over with you know, varying degrees of intensity. Uh, themes for you know, Kente Kobashi, Junakiyama, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Misawa. Um, Misawa, Tenzan, all the greats of yesteryear and today. It's got kind of a 90s vibe to it, perhaps. And it's a song that is really fitting for a guy like Hiroshima, you know, who for many years, he's been one of DDT's babyface heroes. It starts off with that, that cool rockin' intro with the gnarly guitar, then the rapid-fire drum roll hits before it delves into the heroic main melody with the keyboards. It gives the song a nice kickoff at the start. Plus, you could also look at it as a way of saying, you know, Hiroshima, he is a good guy. You know, he may kiss the babies and hug the fat girls, but when he gets in the ring and gets down to it, he means business. You know, he's going to come at you with everything he's got. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I think it's a really cool, like, it's a very generic babyface ace theme song. Um, but that doesn't mean it's bad, you know? Like, it reminds me of, of like, a, you know, like, a very, it reminds me a lot of the Misawa's theme song, honestly. And it's like, it almost comes off as, like, an indie Misawa, which is, which is cool, because that's basically what Hiroshima is. He's, like, you know, he even uses, like, elbows. And, and I just, I think it's a very cool little vibe. And, you know, that, that opening guitar riff, you know, like, whenever you hear, whenever I hear that, I can instantly picture Hiroshima doing his, like, you know, that thing he does where he comes out and he's like looking down and he like very slowly looks up and he gives that little grin. One of the funniest moments in DT history was just um, last December when they did a, a match where everybody was dressing up as each other and like Ken Oka came, came out to this as Hiroshima to this song and did like this slow head rise <laughs> and like I was like crying with laughter because it's the image of Ken Oka do- going through all this and being the super and he kept, I don't know how the fuck he kept a straight face it was amazing. But yeah, um, I just I love Hiroshima and it's a great theme and um, it's named after his finisher, by the way, the, the Samada, the, yeah. the double knee, um, and it's a very cool, very cool theme song. I like it a lot better than Takashita's, who we're not going to talk about today, but I think Takashita's is not nearly as good as far as being like a top ace babyface song. So I think this one's a lot more interesting. Yeah, I love the way that the melody flows. You know, the way it, it seamlessly weaves in the piano and the, the happy-sounding keyboards and the, the guitars, the even tempo of it all. It's not an erratic song. It's not jumping all over the place. It's not bombarding you with, with, with noise. There's a level of comfort here, you know, a yeah. level of stability, you might say. Stability is a great, I was going to say stability, too. It's a great word. Because, and that's also yeah. true for a guy like Hiroshima, who yeah. has been with DDT for years and years and years. He's been that stable main event level guy who you can always rely on to represent DDT and be the good guy and put in a good performance in a match. So Hiroshima and this theme, they certainly go together. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hiroshima's original gimmick was, you know, literally hero with an exclamation point. So they weren't, they're not subtle about what Hiroshima's (laughs) supposed to be. And, you know, his other gimmick is like indie wrestling's strongest wrestler. Which again makes total like this gimmick or this theme song fits that a lot. And it's just a very, uh, it's a very cool th- song for like a babyface ace, you know. Very, just kind of strums along, strums along, and then by the time you get to the end, it's just one of those songs that you forget you you forget you were listening to. 
You know, John, it's like I always say, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've got a few more of those in the chamber, by I'm the sure way. You, just sure just be ready do. for them, all right? Just be ready. <laughs> Moving on now, and John, we're about to take a trip to the wrong side of the tracks. Our next wrestler is the leader of Damnation, the big heel stable in DDT, a man by the name of Daisuke Sasaki. His theme is by a band called Folkice, and it's off of their 2008 demo. It's called Helveti. Take everything that we just said about Samato, throw it out the window. Just just throw it all out there because this song is like the complete total opposite of Samato. I mean, from the the very first distorted note, that the song makes it clear that it's not here to play nice or to inspire people or to do good deeds. This song is here to fuck shit up. Which makes sense because Folkice are a Japanese hardcore punk band and a hardcore punk band typically tries to make music that fucks shit up. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we get the standard hardcore punk rock affair, you know, the, the loud gnashing guitars, the smashing drums, the screaming vocals, Helvete, Helvete, Helvete. It's going a mile a minute. The song is just pure audio chaos. And like Hiroshima, it makes total sense for a guy like Daisuke Sasaki to have this song because he's a chaotic guy. He's not the clean-cut, high school, quarterback valedictorian. He's a punk who hangs out under the bleachers and smokes cigarettes with the other punks. You know, he's he's got a bad attitude. He uses underhanded tactics in his matches. He uses weapons a lot. He's a former extreme champion. Not that he can only do the hardcore matches. The, the guy can wrestle, for sure. But he's a heel. And he's got a real, you know, sour disposition about him. One of the most popular and, guys in the company, too. Yeah. <laughs> and what better way to convey that dour mood than to play loud, angry music for everyone else to hear? You know? So it, it works for teenagers, and it works for Sasaki. Yeah. What's, so I'm guessing, just just going to make a wild guess... Are you? You're probably not very into the the Japanese hardcore music scene. Not really. No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I mean, just, so I just wanted to mention that Japan has like a really, they love hardcore and post hardcore. Like, at a very very vibrant um, hardcore punk and post hardcore like music scene going back to like the late, well, actually going all the way back to like the eighties. But um, the, most of the stuff I've heard is more like late nineties through like mid two thousands. But like, yeah, there's a lot of. A lot of really cool stuff if you're into that and you want to check that out. I mean, like, I can definitely recommend you some bands like Number Girl and uh, Bloodthirsty Butchers, a bunch of other ones. But the song we're talking about here is, like, basically, like, of, of all the songs on this on this, uh, on this this list, I can't imagine Daisuke Sasaki coming out to anything else. It's just so 
perfect for him. Like the moment that like screech that screeching guitar just like starts and like he's about to come out, it's just like or the amp feedback, whatever the fuck it is at the start. It's just it's just so him, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's this guy who wears he wears that that shirt for a while. He wore a shirt for a while that said like um, it was like the the Sex Pistols, the take off of the Sex Pistols uh, original album cover. It was like you know, here's the damnation instead of here's the sex, here's the uh, or never mind the bullet. You know, you know, I know what, what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he so like that is just such a perfect shirt for him. This is what they are. They're like a punk. They're like the the dirty punk band of wrestling, and that's what damnation is. So this song is like absolutely perfect for Sasuke. Fujisaki and uh yeah I just think it's a it's an awesome little hardcore punk number it's like a minute and 45 seconds it's so not it's like, that long no, no I mean a yeah. lot of like a lot of hardcore songs honestly <laughs> so but like you blink and it's over but yeah I mean it's uh I, I've I've seen them like Sasaki come out um and they've had to loop the song before like, I think <laughs> I think that happened at uh at the the Peter Pan show I went to it just was taking too long and you know it's a long ramp at Sumo Hall so it just took they had to loop the song over again but yeah yeah it's um, not long but it leaves a lasting impression you know it, it's just a cacophony of unpleasant noises I love it from beginning <laughs> to end and you know th- this type of music is not my cup of tea I'm, not, I'm very I, shocked I, I, will, I know I know <laughs> shocker I know but I will acknowledge that it is a distinctive sound. You know, I, I think I think one of the key features of a wrestling theme should be that it's recognizable from the first few notes. You should hear a song hit and immediately know what song it is and which wrestler it belongs to. Because there, there have just been a ton of generic wrestling themes over the years. Dude, that, that, that I, whole period in, like, WWE, ECW, like, that, that, they like the, the biggest... Um, you know, culprits for that, where it seemed like everyone had the exact same like generic rock song. <laughs> it was like, like how do you tell apart? Yeah, um, I know. Like, yeah, you have to from... you have to scratch your head a few times to figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, uh, Helvetti, I hear that first note, those first, you know, the first opening riffs. I know exactly who's coming out. It is unmistakable. So even though I, I won't be listening to this song on its own probably ever again. I can acknowledge that it suits Daisuke Sasaki very well, and it is a distinctive song. Yeah, I, I love this song, and um, it is a little more up my alley than it's up your alley. Although I'm really more post-hardcore than hardcore, but um, it's a really cool little number, and um, I think it like fits. I can't imagine Sasaki coming out to anything else. It's just perfect for him. Right, you need to have that angry guitar, that the screaming vocals, and he just looks like he couldn't give lesser shit about anything it's just perfect he's i mean this is exactly what the like in 1990 i don't know like 1998 this is what that teenager's listening to probably so it's perfect speaking of distinctive actually and i, and I noticed this the first ddt show i ever watched when i heard this song have you ever noticed that the the opening guitar riff that comes in after the screeching note sounds a lot like the theme from spider-man Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. They're very similar melodies, and I I couldn't help but think that when I first heard it on a DDT show. And uh, honestly, I still think it, you know, every time that uh, Sasaki comes out for a match. See, I never never noticed that, but yeah, that's awesome. I never noticed that. 
Up next, theme number three. And, uh, you know, John, I think it's time we inject a little electronic energy into the proceedings with some trance music. And when I think of wrestlers with trance entrance music, the first person that comes to mind (laughs) is Toru Awashi. Because his entrance music is quite possibly the most notorious trance song ever. It's Darude with Sandstorm. song has become over the years somewhat of a gag on the internet something of a meme that the kids are doing these days but i'll be damned if this song still isn't a ton of fun to listen to no, it fucking sucks. Uh, in it fact sucks. i defy anybody out there to listen to this song and not get pumped up for it i i bet actually i bet that the people who are listening to this episode right now just got pumped up listening to the minute or so that I played before I had to fade it down because it's it's undeniable. You know, th- this song is just built to get your blood pumping and your adrenaline racing and have you jumping up and down at the sock hop or wherever kids go to dance these days. Because, you know, John, this song, it, it's just designed to make you shake a leg. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, this is... Okay, so I'm going to tell a, lot, a little bit of a story here with Sandstorm. Um, do you know how far back the, oh, this, this song... And Awashi go. Uh, I, I know he was a Toriyaman guy. Was was it that yeah, far back? Yeah. So he he's used this song. As far as I know, this is the only theme song he's ever used. Like he used this song in t- the very first time I ever saw him wrestle in 2002, in the Toriyaman 2000 project. When and it, at the time it was such a weird fit because like he was this big he was like the big monster heel of the T2P roster, and he would come out to this this very pleasant <laughs> song it's like and it's like okay well here comes uh the the the, uh, the nice little pulsating electronic beat is here to tell us that it's like Braun Strowman coming out <laughs> of this you know like I can't really picture it in my head but that's what it was like and he would just kill everybody but yeah that's what he always came out to and nowadays I cannot imagine him coming out to anything else it's just been so long and you know he's, he became a very wacky figure in DET like he's very much a comedy person but um, you know, back in back in the day, it was very weird that he was coming out to Fanstorm. But yeah, he came out to this back when the song was, you know, still kind of newish. Like it was only a couple years old at that point. But yeah, right. I mean, I loved the song as a, as a kid. I'm not gonna lie. Like this is a teenage anthem for me. I, I'm a big fan of the Sandstorm. I was like a big um, DDR player, and there were some really cool like step notes of it. So I, I, I definitely heard this song a lot as a as a teenager. 
But um, but yeah, Owashi, it's a it, it was a weird fit for him at the time. But again, nowadays, like I just this is his song that like, he's had it for so long. It just it, it's the only song I can ever picture him coming out to. To me, what makes this song work is the simplicity of it all. It's the simplicity of the build-up, where you start low with that that initial high-pitched synth line, that... And then that second synth beat fades in, that... And then the third part comes in, which it's more staccato, it's, you know... And it gets faster and faster... And the tension is rising and rising, and it just builds and builds into this huge, and then, you know, uh, yeah, the chorus. It just it overflows, uh, and they go, and then after a while, it starts all over again, and it repeats and it builds back up. So it's such a simple and effective way of not only constructing a song, but also a wrestling theme as well, because you can milk this, you can milk the buildup during the intro and then when the shit pops off you can come out and make your entrance and have the people go nuts so it works well as an entrance theme to help you know build up the hype yeah um and you know it's just very it's right up it's not the most iconic DT song which is not even a song we're going to cover today honestly but um yeah it's a it's up there as far as like as far as awashi and being a very iconic song you know, we talked about how Samato fits Hiroshima and how Helvetti fits Sasaki, and you touched upon this. There's a good amount of humor in the fact that of all the guys who could use Sandstorm as a theme, it's Toru Owashi. Not just because of the whole Toriyaman days where he was a big heel, but just the way he looks, you know? He's a big chubby dude. Yeah, yeah, he's got the slicked back mullet, the dad bod, the tan... He doesn't look like the type of guy who would enjoy Sandstorm, let alone use it as a theme song. But he does, and that's what makes it funny to me. You know, I just—I I hope the reason why I use this song is because he, he personally liked it. I really have no fucking idea why they gave him this as a theme in Toriumon. So I hope it's just he just—they were like, "Hey, buddy, what do you want to come out to?" He's like, "Sandstorm." <laughs> like I hope that's the reason. But I don't know. Very enthusiastic. Is. Yeah, but um. But yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite. I mean, it was one of my favorite songs back then. It was probably second only like Milano Fever, as far as like a really great um, song from the Torium on T2P. And also, yeah. I just realized this as well. You can also further connect it to Toriyaman slash Dragon Gate because Owashi is a regular partner with Kazuki Harada. Yeah. Who uses Tokyo Go as his entrance theme, which we talked about on the Dragon Gate episode last year. So, yeah. another nice little connection there, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, and they and they partner up together a lot with, uh, you know, it's Tito Hide, the two of them, and the big boss in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one I was talking about. That I think is probably the most iconic. DET Fire. Song. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song to karaoke too. To yeah, there's always Volume Two. You know, somewhere down the road. <laughs> Um, now, speaking of hit songs, uh, our next wrestler, much like Toru Owashi, uses a rather popular song as his entrance theme by a rather popular band. Um, the wrestler is Ken Oka, and the band is Bizu, B apostrophe Z. And boy, oh boy, are they popular, because they're actually the best-selling artist in Japan ever, and also one of the biggest-selling artists in the world ever. 
They've claimed to have sold 100 million records. So this is off of their compilation album, Bizu the Best, Ultra Pleasure. It's a re-recording of their first big hit, and it's called Bad Communication, Ultra Pleasure Style. Well, I really don't know how to say it, but I guess I love you. Really don't know how to say it, but I guess I love you. It's the greatest one of the one of my favorite openings for song ever. Uh, so uh, awesome. Let me tell you, let me tell you, this song does not kick Lieutenant ass. It does not kick Captain ass. This song kicks Major ass. <laughs> All right, I I love this fucking song so much. Uh, I mentioned you know Helvetti not being in my wheelhouse. This song is 100% in my wheelhouse. Oh, I believe that. It's my kind of music, man. It, it's hard rock infused with some melodramatic pop vocals, some funky bass, a little bit of horns in there, some kick-ass guitars, some sing-along bits. Mwah! Molto bene. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if this thing had a choir, I'd be doing backflips right now. <laughs> so good. It, it, it's so good. Definitely my favorite song on the list here, for sure. It's a wonderful song, and it's okay. So I do. I go to karaoke pretty pretty often. Like you know, I'd say like six times a year. Strictly like little little room karaoke. You know, like the Japanese style box karaoke. You're just in a room with your friends. So you're only embarrassing yourself in front of them. And you know, I pick a lot of Japanese songs, which probably doesn't surprise people who who know me. And this is one of the few Japanese songs that does not annoy the non weeb populace in the room because. <laughs> There's like some really cool parts where you can just easily sing along in English. You know, it's pretty easy to say whoa, 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 whoa. So everybody gets into that, and everybody gets into um, like, hey, hey, give me your body. <laughs> <laughs> we need. I can't. I'm not gonna sing now. I promise. It's alright. <laughs> it it's, it's a. Fu- it's an awesome karaoke song, and it's one of the few Japanese songs I pick every time that doesn't piss everybody else in the room off. Yeah, this song is perfect for the wrestling environment. It's got a lot of energy to it, a lot of movement, uh, and there's also plenty of opportunities for crowd participation as well. Yeah. Because of these sing-along parts. All the hey, hey, ba ba and the whoa, 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 whoa. Which he does like a stomp to, and he like... Yeah, that's, that's what yep. he does. That's what Kenoka does when he makes his entrance. He gets in the ring, and when it reaches the whoa, whoa, whoa part... He stomps the ground with one foot yeah. and does like a fist pump to each woe while the crowd sings along. And that can get the crowd pumped up for the show, pumped up for the match, pumped up for Kanoka. 
So this is a great song to use as a theme. I mean, when you're in the crowd for him coming out to this, it's just like, you, the crowd is just so happy. Like, they are just, like, so excited to sing this fucking song. And, you know, like, this song, like, this song was orig- the original version came out in 1989. So, like, most of the people in the audience, like, probably grew up with it, you know, or at least heard it at some point. It's been a, it's such a popular song in Japan. Um, and the Ultra Pleasure style is, like, a minute shorter than the original, which is, like, very, it's actually similar to how they performed it at live shows um, over the years anyway. But, yeah, it's a very, um, it's a very popular song. You had a great comparison when we talked about this in Slack. Yeah, so, yeah, we were uh, we were trying to come up with like an equivalent yeah. of it in the West, like like Western wrestling, US, UK, like like which popular song would be a good comparison to this song, and I came up with Grado using "Like a Prayer" by Madonna. Yes, which with, the, the crowd goes insane for too, and they yeah, sing yeah, along I, I with mean, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that communication was Bezu's breakout hits and. While Like a Prayer wasn't that for Madonna, she had prior hits, of course, still, in terms of a song that is just massively popular and is still performed live to this day, and everybody knows it and yeah. can sing along to it, I think it, it works as a comparison to this song. Yeah, I mean, and now, similar, now, the, like, a lot of people like to try to dismiss, I mean, great, the, the comparison with, is it Grado or Grado? I don't even know. Grado. Like, the comparison with Grado and Oka, like, you know, they're both very wacky dudes. They both, you know, do a lot of wacky stuff in their in their matches, and they both come out and like have a whole elaborate dance routine for their for their entrance scenes when yes. the crowd sings along. So there's a lot of comparisons there, and like Grado, I've definitely seen people try to dismiss Oka as like, oh, you know, he's just a theme song. He just has this theme song that's really popular, so you know, of course the, the crowd's gonna like him. I mean, Oka is a very charismatic person, and I think if he came out to any theme song, he'd probably still have his connection with the crowd but i'm sure it helps that he's using one of the most popular <laughs> songs in japanese history and that's the power that theme music can have which is why we're all here doing this podcast so you know i, I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact like, like i hear people talk about okay sometimes like he's cheating and it's like well first of all you have to have a, a persona that's wacky enough to use a 1989 pop hit as like like dice case can't come out to this and start you know, doing the fist bumps. It's just, you, you have to, that has to fit your persona. But, but I think it fits Ken Oka's persona so well. And he just, you know, I, I, he just gives these quotes sometimes. He's just like, I just love this song. That's it. I want to share my love of this song with the world. But yeah. He loves- and you know, it's funny because looking at Ken Oka, like aesthetically, he doesn't look like the kind of guy who would enjoy this song. <laughs> like he's got the wife beater and the jeans, got kind of a, a working class Blue collar vibe about him. So well, that's because you know, he's, he's cosplaying Juanita. Well, there you go. You, you solved it for me, John. You, <laughs> yeah, you solved the mystery for me. So uh, thank you very much. <laughs> him and, when him and Kai had that team together, it's because they were both Onita cosplayers at the time. And, but yeah. But I mean, he does have. But no, he does have like a kind of working class. I think he's more like working class wacky than, than right. anything. Like he has his whole. So to give a little Oka backstory, like he has his own promotion. He's not really. On the DT roster these days, he has Gambarle pro, pro Wrestling, which basically mean, which means like try your best in <laughs> Japanese, basically. So it's like try your best pro wrestling, and that's basically Kenoka in a nutshell. Like he's this guy that he, he tries his best, but uh, his best isn't always good enough. 
you know. But he's been he's been DT, KOD champion for like ten minutes. He's that kind of guy. He's kind of like the Tommy. <laughs> in a lot of ways, he's kind of like the Tommy Dreamer of DT, you know. So, um, but he so nowadays when he shows up, it's kind of like a a special occasion. But you know, it's like a bigger shows on DT proper. But yeah, he's a he's Gumbare's founder, owner, and you know, sole proprietor, I guess. <laughs> And he, his, his probably his best moment of the last few years was during the. Have you ever seen the Minoru Suzuki and uh, you know the empty Tokyo Dome match? With oh yeah, I've seen clips of that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oak is like like begging the Tokyo Dome to let him book Gambare a Gambare pro wrestling show, and he's offering like the equivalent of a thousand dollars to book. To book, he's trying to book the Tokyo Dome for like a thousand dollars. Well, he's trying is, his best, John. He's trying his he's best. Try, <laughs> he's trying his best. Yes, it's just such a great visual of him, like on his knees, like offering this thousand dollars in yen, and just trying his hardest. But you know, uh, if Kenoka ever became a vegetable farmer. He could change his name to Ken Okra. <laughs> okay. Anyway, gang. Uh... <laughs> oh God, Andrew. Look, I I enjoyed it when I wrote it. All right. So... <laughs> I, you got you got me to laugh. But... <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'm just saying to the people who are out there who are listening <laughs> and groaning. All right, I'm trying my I'm trying my best. Okay. <laughs> Gambare. <laughs> Come on, say, give me a Gambare. Gambare. All there right. We there we go. All right, we'll move on to our next wrestler here, uh, a man who goes by the name of Kudo. Again, all capital letters, very important. Um, or Kudo, as some people might think it's pronounced. <laughs> I've heard people do that. Like at Ring of Honor once, like there was a guy who, like when Kenta first showed up, who would always say, like, Kenta! <laughs> like he would scream it. I'm like, no, that's not why. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, uh his entrance theme uh, is called Noble Yellow Dragon. to refer to this one as DDT's version of the Hiroki Goto theme because mm. it's essentially the same song I mean not melodically of course but tonally stylistically it, it's the epic samurai warrior music yeah and, and like Goto's theme I think this song rules you know it's that traditional East Asian instrumentation with the flutes and the strings and the gongs and so forth it has such like a strength behind it, such a, a a nobility, so heroic. Like you you could defeat an entire army with this music. It's it's awesome, I think. Yeah, and it fits Kudo because that's his whole thing. You know, he's very he's a very proud Japanese man. He has the he's the leader of Shuten Doji, which is like the very proud Japanese stable um, or unit. 
but I mean, like, it's it's just it's a very like um, yeah, the Godo comparison is a great one. Um, it's a it's a theme that like really feels like it's it would be out of place in like a samurai movie, as, on like some kind of montage of you know the guy training for his next battle. So I and I always that's always the vibe I got with with Kudo and with Shuten Doji. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you know they're just gonna try their hardest. They're gonna get the noble Japanese samurai spirit, and you know they lose, they lose, but they're they're gonna go down fighting. It's Kudo, it's Kudo in a nutshell. Its whole style is you know throwing kicks and hoping for the best. So, and in terms of comparing it to Goto's theme, I think there's another similarity there when it comes to how the song is composed because Goto's theme doesn't just start with the, the kick-ass samurai music. It, it has the intro with, uh, you know, that builds up the anticipation. Oh, they, they never and, use it anymore. <laughs> well, it does at times. It does at times. Um, on the CD, at least. Yeah, so, I don't but, know. Uh, I wish they would. I mean, I same, yeah, same. Yeah. But uh, that does create this calm-before-the-storm atmosphere. Same here with Kudo's theme. Uh, Kudo's theme begins with this long percussion intro, and then you hear the strings start to creep in, and then it, it builds and builds. It sounds like Kudo is preparing to do battle. Yeah. Like he's backstage, he's hyping himself up, maybe swinging the nunchucks a few times around, and then when the, the melody kicks in, it's like Kudo is stepping out from behind the curtain and onto the field of battle ready to kick some ass and take some names. So, kind of like Sandstorm, it's a cool way to build up the hype for the entrance. Do, do you know whose theme song, when I, the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, this is very similar to Kudo's theme, was the, the WWE Nakamura song. Not, not the heel one now, but like the I can see it. one. I can see like it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I heard a lot of similarities there, but like the, you know, the very like um, Japanese-style string and like the, the long intro into, you know... A, a more bombastic song. I don't know. The two songs sound very similar to me. But um, it's Kudo is always like um, it, it feels like he's you know, like you're saying like getting ready to go into battle, and you know he's like on a battlefield, and they have like these dudes with like those giant drums. Yes. Like like hitting them to get ready. It's probably more of a Chinese thing actually, but <laughs> you know it's a very cool song, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. I think it's again. Pretty much like every song on this list, I think it really matches him really well. So yeah, there's really nobody on there's really nobody on this list that's mismatched except maybe Toro Washi, but he's had it for he's had it for so long. That, yeah, yeah. Know. And it's funny too, so it has some value to it, of <laughs> course. Yeah. <laughs> Our next theme on the list, and folks, for those of you who have been clamoring for some Japanese rap rock, well. You're in luck. That's me. You're in luck, John. This is the theme for Akito, and it's by a band called Nobody Knows, and it's called Heroes Come Back. Yeah. Come on, everybody, hands up! My dancer, the heroes, are come back to 
As soon as those opening drum beats hit, they set the tone for what the rest of the theme will be, which is a take charge, go-getter, rah-rah, baby-faced theme. Yeah. And the rap rock genre is great for that because it has this you know, energetic, spunky, in-your-face nature to it. And it's all over the lyrics as well. Um, I found this English translation of the song, and the song is all about you know heroes standing up and together and fighting and being strong and courageous. One of the verses is, The rising tide of cheers will give you courage. You'll suffer now as you stand back up, but I know you'll end up smiling. Push it all away and feel the thrill of victory. Akito is supposed to be a babyface, and that is babyface writing 101 right there. So, mm. so you're, you're bearing the lead here, though. What's the... Oh, this, this song... it's the... This it's the Naruto is, thing, right? Is, yeah, it's, it's one of Naruto. The most popular yeah, yeah. anime of all time. Um, I was saving it for later, but fine, <laughs> fine. It's <laughs> so the first opening to Naruto uh, Shippuden. Now, would would I blow your mind, Andrew, if I told you that I actually am not a big Naruto fan? You know, really. it wouldn't. Because, because you're probably like that. John is such a contrarian. Of course, of <laughs> exactly. course, even yeah, in anime, yeah. they can't like the popular thing, which, fair enough, although I, I do love me some My Hero Academia, which is a popular thing right now, but I was not a big Naruto person, and just, I don't know, the show never clicked with me, but, I, I, but that doesn't mean I didn't hear this song, like, like if you are if you spent any, any amount of time in weed circles in, like, the mid-offs, like, you heard this song, you know, all the time. Like, you heard this at anime cons and karaoke rooms. You heard this from friends' cars. You just heard this song all over the place. So it's, like, the, the first time I started watching DET and saw to come after it, you know, it, it'd be kind of like for for you if, like, I don't know, what, what was, like, a really popular American television show in the mid-2000s? Uh, Shows how much I watch American oh, let me think. Um, the Supre- like if someone came out to Sopranos or something. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's in my iTunes, that song, actually. So it's, that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like if someone came out to Sopranos thing, you'd probably be like, what the fuck? But yeah, I mean, that, that's basically the reaction I had. It was very, um, it was very funny. But the first time I heard him come out to this. But yeah, now, now it's, by now it's much more like in my head is that Akito scene, but... When he first came out, it was very much like, what the fuck, the Naruto song? <laughs> but I always like this song, even though I'm not a big fan of the show. So I, I like, I enjoy Japanese rap a lot, and, you know, it's very, it can be it's very goofy, because I think probably because they don't, they don't have, they don't, there's no real reason for Japanese <laughs> people to rap, you know? Like, they don't have, they don't have a long history with the, with, you know, the culture, in other words. And it's just something they're doing... You know, as it, oh, if, a lot of times it feels like there's something they're doing like as a laugh, and it's very um, it's, Japanese rap. It tends to be very wacky, very upbeat um, a lot of the time, and it's a, it's a very very cool little thing. If people haven't checked out a lot of Japanese rap music, they should go do that. Um, but yeah, I enjoy I enjoy this song. I think it works for Akito too because he's a very uh, you know this kind of he's another guy. Who, he was in Shooting Doji. 
and now he's in uh, All Out. Mm-hmm. He's a very he's a very big baby face and very much like you know fighting through otter and all that kind of stuff. So it works it works really well for him. Yeah, and the chorus reflects this heroic babyface spirit as well. And it also, like Kanoka's theme, helps build a rapport and community with the crowd. You know, it, it makes them feel involved because of how catchy it is and the key use of the word everybody. Um, come on, everybody, stand up. Stand up, today's your best shot. No one can catch you, speed hunter. Everyone come back now. Yeah, come on, everybody, hands up. It's Tomorrow fu- is our hero's comeback. It's so funny when you read those English lyrics because uh, uh, some, listen, man. some of those lyrics are in the actual song. I know, I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like it's just funny to me. Like I'm hearing like, oh, yeah, that's that's the song. Oh, that's not the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny when you start reading the stuff that's like translated. Raise up your hands and count down. Let's go. Three, two, one. Make some noise, 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 noise. I have to say the English in this song is better than a lot of the English in a oh, lot yeah. of the <laughs> Like it actually sounds like sentences an English speaker would say, which is not always the case. But uh, anyway, uh, people hear that and they want to stand up and put their hands up and make some noise and go crazy. So it's a good way to get people pumped up, uh, for sure. It's a cool theme song. I like it a lot. and I think it, I think it works for him. And once you get past the initial comedy of someone using the Naruto song, it's a, it's a cool song. You know, my favorite, uh, for some reason, for some reason, my favorite uh, singer or rapper in the group is the one with the raspy voice. <laughs> so what you gonna do? What you gonna do? I, I don't know why, but I just like that guy the most. He makes me smile. So there's, there's a there's a lot of like a lot of Japanese rap, um, a lot of Japanese rap groups have like that one guy who sounds like he just chain smokes like a hundred cigarettes. So yeah, like it's you know Tom Waits or. <laughs> Genichiro Tenor or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. They love their cigarettes in Japan. I have oh, yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, like he's been there. Uh, I, I, I've read <laughs> stories, okay? Uh, listen to me, man. I, I am not the ugly American that you put me out to be, all right? <laughs> I just thought it was so funny the way you were agreeing with me. It was. It sounded like we're, we're, we both were uh, old drinking buddies in, in Sapporo or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've read tweets, all right? Can, <laughs> get off my tweets, back here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> The uh, second-to-last wrestler on our list is Speedball Mike Bailey. Now, in other parts of the world, Mike Bailey's entrance theme is actually Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys. Is it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, in uh, DDT nowadays, uh, his music is decidedly different than that. Um, It's not available on an album or an EP or iTunes or wherever. It's available as part of YouTube's audio library. Uh, this is Vibe Tracks with Overtime.
this one is just totally chill. Um, really one of the most chill wrestling themes I think I've ever heard. Um, certainly a far cry from the insanity of Helvetti or the energy of Heroes Come Back or the bombast of Bad Communication or whatever. It's just a nice, relaxing melody that repeats over and over and over again. Now granted, it's not the kind of song that would get you pumped up at a wrestling show, but with Mike Bailey, it works, totally, because he comes out for his entrance and he's wearing the gi, he's got the kick pads with no shoes, got a big smile on his face. He puts big a fucking f- smile. Big smile on his face, yeah, yeah. He puts a fist to his open palm and bows. He looks like a new age karate kid, you know, yeah. and... You can just picture him in his dojo centering himself or centering his chi or whatever the fuck where the song's playing. <laughs> I don't think he's... So, it's uh, Taekwondo. It's Korean, but... Listen, John. I, <laughs> I've read tweets, guys. I've read tweets. They have chi. I don't know, but, uh, but, but anyway, you can see him in his dojo listening to this song for sure. So it, it, it works for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, he's, because he, he's kind of like the, in a lot of ways, he's like the RVD of DDT, and like, he just, nothing bothers him ever, so like, this song works, because it's just, you pick this guy coming up to, and just like, I'm chill, why can't you be chill? And, I mean, the, DDT, like, the, with his character, they, they went, like, really far in the, they went even farther away than WWE ever did with RVD, RVD was just like, well, he's a common cool dude, that's basically... You know, even he made fun of he made fun of it at one point. He's like on that ECW show. He's like, remember when I used to be able to say things other than cool or whatever? But but no, with with like um, with with, uh, with Speedball, he took it in this direction of like, I'm so calm and cool, and nothing bothers me to the point that it's actually kind of annoying. And that was basically the the gimmick. Like he he was feuding with Takashita, kind of, and like they built up to a title match. And he had this gimmick where he's just like gonna kill you with kindness. He was like <laughs> so nice to everybody to the point where it just got so annoying. So like he's obnoxiously nice. It was like it was a very weird thing. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very cool, very cool little song that I think uh, matches his whole vibe and his whole energy really well. And now nowadays he's best known as like. Uh, Mal's BFF slash they keep teasing us with maybe they're more than friends. Ooh. But, but I mean, this is the company that gave us the Golden Lovers originally. So. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, you did note uh, that the theme represents his uh, his chill energy, his chill yeah. vibe. And I agree for sure. But um, in the ring, you know, he can turn it up for sure. Um, he can get really nasty with those kicks and go nuts with some of those dives like um doing a shooting star knee drop or whatever the fuck he does so the song does represent him but it also it kind of masks him in a way which i think is pretty cool which i always thought his persona was supposed to mask you know how vicious he can be sometimes but like can i mention too how cool i didn't know until you you know until i saw these notes that it was like they're part of the youtube audio library so that's cool because he did he has a youtube audio library for his uh, theme song, and then one time he used, you know, YouTube's owned by Google, and he used Google Translate 
at a press conference. Oh, one, one of, of my favorite all, things. One of the all-time best segments. One of my favorite things ever. Oh, I love it so much. Where like he just he's sitting there with the biggest like shit-eating grin on his face <laughs> while this this fucking Google Translate robot is reading off like this terrible translation. <laughs> if so, if I can so, beat one member of Damnation, I can beat them all. And then it translates. Uh, Google translates it as if I can beat one of those criminals. <laughs> and then uh, the um, the uh, announcer for DDT is like criminals. <laughs> he looks at Endo yeah. like, is Damnation criminals? <laughs> and and Endo Endo is corpsing like a motherfucker. Oh yeah, Endo could not he keep can, it together. He cannot he, he hold it together. He's so laughing hard. so hard. He has to look away from the camera. He, he cannot yeah. keep a straight face. I mean, he's, oh. That's Endo in a nutshell, basically. But yeah, he could not. He could not like keep it keep a straight face on for that segment. It was so, an all time great. If you've never seen it before, so definitely funny. seek it out. So so funny, very funny. Uh, and yeah, this song is uh, royalty free, so you can play it at any show, big or small, and. You don't have to worry about it because it's not going to get dubbed over. So just let it play. Just play it out. All right. The time has come for the final theme of the episode. And you know, John, you can talk about your Konosuke Takashita. You can talk about your Kota Bushi. You can talk about your Hiroshima. But everybody knows that the ultimate ace of DDT wrestling is a sex doll. Yeah. That's right, folks. Our last wrestler is Yoshihiko, and his theme is Lady Gaga's number one hit tune, Poker Face. wrestlers in the world to have this song Yoshihiko might be the perfect choice because he's got the ultimate poker face you know nobody knows what he's thinking what he's planning what he's feeling is it because of his unbreakable fortitude is it because he's so cool calm and collected no it's because he's a fucking blow up sex doll Uh, of course he has the ultimate poker face. His face literally can't fucking move. So it it's kind of a one-note joke, certainly. And uh, actually, actually, uh, you told me this earlier, John. Um, Yoshihiko doesn't actually use this song anymore. Um, I didn't realize this until today. So um, my bad on this one. But uh, really, I think there's no better way to end this episode than to at least acknowledge... Yoshihiko in some form because 
if there's anybody or anything that represents the sheer lunacy of DDT, it's Yoshihiko. I mean, this is a way more fun song to talk about anyway than Yoshihiko's current theme, which is just the the Ministry Undertaker theme. So, I don't I support this decision to talk about Poker Face. But let's talk about Poker Face. I have some stories about Poker Face. If you first of all, if you want to know how much being a weeaboo can break your brain, <laughs> Poker Face is a great is a, is a great costume there. So there is a series called um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged in the in the early to mid aughts. There's basically this online YouTube web series um, that was taking these the, the very popular children's animated program Yu-Gi-Oh! and like basically overdubbing it and giving it very comedic uh, comedic lines and stuff. And they did a, a cover of Poker Face uh, based on one of the characters who like inexplicably had like a Brooklyn accent in in the English dub. Oh, uh, Joey. Show. Yeah. Yeah, Joey. Joey Wheeler. <laughs> you watched some Yu-Gi-Oh! Of course watched... I did. Of course oh, I God. did. That's awesome. I love that so, show. Of Brooklyn course. Rage was the name of the of the cover songs. Instead of You Can't Read My Poker Face, it was You Can't Beat My, Can't Beat My, <laughs> Can't Beat My, Brooklyn Rage. And... I've heard the Brooklyn Rage version so many times that this song comes on, I will confuse the lyrics <laughs> with the Poker Face lyrics. And it's hard for me to remember which one is which because I know the Brooklyn Rage lyrics by heart. So, like, I probably know the lyrics to this stupid web joke song uh, that's a parody of an anime series about a children's card game better than I know the actual Poker Face lyrics. So, we, being a weeaboo can break your brain. That's my word of warning. The other thing about Poker Face is, believe it or not, when this song came out, the girl I was dating at the time, her sister knew Lady Gaga. Like she went to she went to Rutgers with her, which is I, n- I never like found any like salacious details other than the fact that um, I think I heard that she was bisexual before this became common knowledge. But um, but yeah, she was like she was like a she went to college with her. She, she was a crazy party girl which is i guess what you would expect for lady gaga in college so mm, yeah um, and uh you know with uh, yoshihiko and lady gaga little connection there lady gaga likes to dress up in these weird elaborate outfits like the meat dress or the bubble dress um and yoshihiko has dressed up as well uh we've seen great muda yoshihiko undertaker yoshihiko Hulk Hogan, Yoshihiko. So uh, the two share a love of exotic fashion, you might say. So yeah, it's uh, it's something. But <laughs> it's Lady Gaga and listen, Yoshihiko. it's a one-note joke. All right, <laughs> it is what it is. I lo- okay, I love That's Yoshihiko. I I'm not. Yeah, I yeah. I ain't out here to say anything bad about Yoshihiko. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's a. I mean, this was this was Lady Gaga's first big hit, right? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Poker Face. Then we got like, she went through all the run of big hits after this, like Love, Love, Love Game, Just Dance, uh, Paparazzi, Bad Romance, Bad Romance, uh, yeah. yeah, whole bunch um, of them. Which also has a Yu-Gi-Oh bridge cover called Leather Pants. Of course it does. Of and, course it does. <laughs> and then Telephone has Pharaoh's Throne, <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Lady Gaga. She, I, I always enjoyed her. I have no, no issue with Lady Gaga. I don't know about you, Andrew. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan of hers, but uh, I enjoy some hits. After, I think after, like once we get to like Born This Way, that's kind of when I, I like, 
I, I found my off ramp from the Lady Gaga, but the early stuff is fun. Now, do you remember the first time you ever saw Yoshihiko, and uh, like what were your thoughts about it? It was probably a it's probably a Bushi giving Yoshihiko the the fucking Street Fighter power drivers, and and what I thought was what the fuck is this? I mean, like, what are you what are you supposed to think when you see a wrestler giving a blow up doll like a a spinning, jumping, <laughs> rotating pile driver? I mean, like, I I think what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, but um, Yoshihiko's pretty amazing. And the best part is when like the the Yoshihiko like you know puppet dance the puppet doll or you know the puppet handler gets in the ring and like he's wearing like the the traditional like all black like yes. the um, the kabuki puppeteers wear and like it's just fucking hilarious <laughs> and like this, this man like just getting in the ring I think he used to be Michael Nakazawa I think he used to do this but I could be I could be wrong somebody who watched ET longer than me would probably be able to tell you better but I think Nakazawa used to do this but um but yeah it's, it's a, just the the puppeteers are really funny and then I think Yoshiko has like an all time great appearance in the oh, I think it's Peter Pan 2016 um Iron Man heavy heavy metal weight battle royal because like Yoshihiko you know makes a surprise appearance the lights go out and the I'm already using the Undertaker ministry theme by this point so like the Undertaker like theme hits everybody knows exactly what it is of course like no one's like oh the Undertaker's about to come out it's like oh here comes Yoshihiko and you know Yoshihiko just like appears on uh, Kazuki Hirata's like neck like his legs are on his neck and starts doing like a crazy hurricanrana <laughs> and like the the body of this blow doll is kicking out everybody and then it like Kenzo Suzuki of all people who have been on the floor at this point gets back in the ring um gets hit by this blow up doll like spinning around and take and does the single funniest battle royal elimination of all time where he basically takes this very very gentle shot from this blow up doll and just throws himself like <laughs> leaps over the top rope I watched this elimination Yoshihiko Kenzuzuki probably like 150 straight times like I just could not stop rewinding it and watching it like just crying with laughter so that's the kind of entertainment DET can bring you everybody yeah I mentioned on the uh, Golden Lovers episode that I did with uh, Sarah Flannery that the first time I ever saw Kota Bushi was the clip of him, uh, quote unquote, taking the Infinite Destroyer from Yoshihiko? Which, <laughs> in reality, in reality, it's just Abushi giving himself like forty Canadian destroyers around the ring. You know, that was also the first time I ever saw Yoshihiko, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, I, I, I was just, I was captivated by. How insane it was, you know? That was the first time I ever saw it. I mean, so. Kenny, Kenny Omega had a great match with Yoshihiko, too. Yeah, yeah. My um, my favorite Yoshihiko moment ever uh, took place... Uh, it was during a tag match between Yoshihiko and Denshoku Dino versus Kenny and Kota. And Yoshihiko, he's not the most durable wrestler, shall we say. He's no. been uh, He's been injured a few times. Uh, the, He's the been fir- killed three times. Uh, killed, yeah. Killed is probably a better word for <laughs> it, yeah. Um, the first time was when Antonio Honda did a knee drop on his head, and Yoshihiko's head literally burst open and deflated. That murderer! And, <laughs> and uh, the second time uh, was during this tag match when uh, Kenny does like a, a giant, like a massive giant swing, 
and throws Yoshihiko out of the ring. And Yoshihiko, he splits open, and his cotton <laughs> stuffing falls out. And they take him to the back, of course. They take him to the back. Uh, then later in the match, uh, Ibushi has... Can I just the... say, too, they did not stop the match for a fatality. Nope, they didn't. <laughs> well, they're pros, so, you know... Head split open, and they continued. Listen, brother, they're pros, all right? You gotta... <laughs> the, the paycheck's still waiting for them, all right? So, <laughs> but um, anyway, anyway, uh, Ibushi has Dino in an ankle lock, and it, it looks like Dino is going to tap out. Then the lights go out, and Undertaker's You're Gonna Pay theme hits. <laughs> boom, boom, dead man walking. You've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. And Yoshihiko comes back out, and he's dressed like big evil American badass Undertaker with the hair and the bandana and the goatee and the vest. And they even put the Sarah tattoo on his neck. <laughs> I know, that's and so great. He is riding he's riding on a plastic tricycle and he comes into the ring and he 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 hits Kenny and Kota with like the biggest double choke slam ever. And of course, being a massive Undertaker fan, I, I, I am I am dying when I see this. It, it is so much fun to see. And the piece de resistance, of course, was the entrance video um, because they made an entrance video for him which had a, a text overlay pop up that said Max Bump is now because the show was Max Bump 09 and the vocal is you've done it now. So it was Max Bump is now. I love it. So funny. And uh, there's also a shot of him on the tricycle. And you know how Undertaker, he raises his arm up with the fist? Yoshihiko does it in the video, but you can you can clearly see that there is a stick attached to his arm, and somebody off screen is he's lifting the stick up so it raises the arm. Oh, it's so fucking funny, man! It's so fucking funny. And then that Yoshihiko was killed again by Honda. Um, except this time, did he, did uh, he shoot him with a gun? Honda shot him with a gun. <laughs> yes. Oh God. That is DDT wrestling in a nutshell, right there. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love, uh, I love DDT. Uh, we basically just summed it up. I don't know what else there's to say. Poker Face, good song. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Rage, good song. And Yoshihiko, good wrestling. All right, that was our look at uh, just some of the themes that uh, DDT wrestling has to offer. There's a wide range of sounds and styles and genres in that company. And of course, there are so many more to choose from. We'll get to them at some point in the future, I'm sure. And you know, if any of our discussion today has interested you in DDT wrestling, uh, go ahead and watch it. You know, there's there's plenty to watch. And uh, I believe, um, John, that those Kirk and Hall shows that DDT runs every month or so. Yeah, um, once, once a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, those are free to watch streaming live on DDT yep, Universe. Anything, anything that airs on a Bima, off that also airs on DT Universe always streams live on Universe so for free. So, so it's the you Cor- have to pay for VOD though. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the Corkins and the really big shows too, like the uh, Judgment, Peter Pan, like the big big sumo hall shows. Those air for free live too. So if you want to check out DET, there ain't nothing stopping you. Just go to detuniverse.com, 
you know, tune in to, you know, again, the live show is like, you know, Cork and it's like 11 p.m. on the East Coast, 8 p.m. on the Pacific Coast. So you Pacific Coast people can just sit at home on Saturday night and watch it at a decent time. But yeah, it's a it's a very, very cool promotion that I highly recommend checking out. I mean, you jumped in, like, I think one of the most perfect times ever because you jumped in right at the the, KO, the uh, DO Grand the DK, Prix. Yeah. yeah, which is... Well, that's what O means, but a DK. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> DO Grand Prix, and yeah, it's a the the DO Grand Prix. That was, I thought that was amazing. So you must have had a good time. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, it was a great way to uh, you know get to know uh, the atmosphere of DDT, uh, watch a bunch of matches, get to know the wrestlers and their their music and their finishers, all that stuff. And uh, it was great because, um, with the exception of like Joey Ryan, almost all the wrestlers in it were. You know, serious wrestlers, you might say. So, it's a great way to immerse yourself into the non-comedy side of GDT wrestling. And uh, yeah, it was my jumping in point. So, um, like I said, I don't watch all the shows. I pretty much just watch like the big ones, like the Kirken Hall or the Sumo Hall shows. Um, and I do want to plug again here, uh, dramaticddt.wordpress.com. That is the uh, unofficial English language blog that follows DDT. And uh, the guy who runs it, uh, we mentioned him before, Jamie O.D. on Twitter, he does an amazing job uh, running it and keeping it up to date with the rosters and the cards and the uh, results, the translations, all that stuff. A great resource to have. Uh, to get into DDT, so I also um, want to plug the the new English Twitter, the official English Twitter. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, um, yeah. At DDT Pro underscore ENG, so that's a good thing to follow if you want like lot real time English translations, you know, tweets and promos as they're going on. It's just it's a very it's a huge resource now, so definitely check that out. And th- I mean, the coolest thing too about DDT is if you sign up for DDT Universe, which is you know I think nine hundred ninety nine yen. You get access to DET, you also get DNA, you get mm-hmm. Tokyo Joshi Pro, you see some Joshi. Tokyo Joshi Pro's had a great year so far. So definitely go check that out if you're if you haven't been checking it out. Basara, all the Basara, all the sub promotions. Get Gabare! Yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the uh, all the sub promotions yeah. are on there too. So yeah. Um, and of course all the big names that people know, like uh, Kenny Omega. Kota Bushi, El Generico, um, they're all in there. So. Yeah, if you want to see Omega versus Generico for the the KOD title, yeah, that's that's on there, which is a very cool, very awesome match. And of course, the wacky stuff is on there too. You know, like uh, fighting in apartments and in offices and the outdoors and on a merry-go-round and all that fun stuff. Uh, everything is pretty much pretty much on there. So, uh, John, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, this was an absolute blast, to say the least. Uh, I know you said at the beginning um, this wasn't uh, this past week wasn't the best uh, for you, and I, I do want to say um, again here um, how sorry I am for the loss of of Sean Williams. Um, I know you two were very close friends for many years. Um, it, it really was just so tough to hear of his passing um, at, so suddenly and at such a young age. Um, I never really uh, interacted with him that much. Um, Maybe a few times on Twitter, but I heard him on Omakaze a bunch of times, and uh, I could tell he was just a really nice guy. So I, I just want to give my condolences to you and uh, Deshaun's uh, fiance and his family, and uh, to thank you again for coming on here and 
putting up with my awful jokes. And yeah, uh, I, I, had, I, I had a lot of fun, which I, you know, I definitely needed. Yeah, so. well, um, I do appreciate it. So. Yeah. yeah um, and I think, um, wasn't Sean a fan of DDT as well? He I was. Think? He was more of a Tokyo Joshi Pro fan, but yeah. He did, oh, okay. He did okay. like DDT too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I miss him every day. And I talked a lot about it on the new Omakaze. I, I did like a little tribute, like a five minute tribute to him at the start of the episode. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been about, as a recording this, it's been about a week since I found out. And, you know, it's been very tough. Mm. Oh. A big rock and piece, I'd say, to Sean Williams. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So uh, that does it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, uh, John. This is the part of the show where we give our plugs out. So please go ahead, plug away. Um, well, first of all, obviously there is the Wrestling Omakase podcast, which is you know a good old time. We have new a new co-host slash guest you know every week at least one sometimes like three like we're doing next week with our whole our next part of the fantasy draft so that's right here on the voices of wrestling podcasting network our twitter is at wrestle omakaze not wrestling because it wouldn't fit so you can always keep up with everything there if you want to ask questions if you want to just know what the next episode is going to be you know definitely check out wrestle you know at wrestle omakaze and then my twitter is is at to shanshu in la not gonna tell you how to spell that. You can try to guess. Um, my Twitter's pretty awful anyway. You really don't want to. You don't want to follow it. It's just like, it's either me like telling you what, how shitty WWE is, or me telling you about some weeaboo thing you don't care about. And you know, I guess I tweet about Japanese wrestling sometimes. Too. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> just a little. A little bit. <laughs> but yeah, um, there you go. Definitely check that out. And mostly just listen to Wrestling Omakase. It's a good old time. Definitely, definitely. And Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, home to a variety of great wrestling podcasts like Wrestling Om- Omakaze. Almost did it again there, John. <laughs> Almost did it again. <laughs> I saved myself there. I saved myself. Wrestling Omakaze is on there, but also the BOW flagship podcast, Shake Them Ropes, Sarah and Sarah, WrestleNomics, Brit Res Roundtable, and the uh, new, sort of new, New Japan podcast called the Super J-Cast. All those podcasts and more at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at MusicOfTheMet. Follow me on Twitter at AndrewTRich. My Twitter is not garbage. It's delightful, so give me a follow there. <laughs> uh, check out the YouTube playlist for this episode and past episodes at the VOW forums at VoicesOfWrestling.com forum. And of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, etc., etc. And, uh, you know, in general, three, two, one, make some noise about music of Make some the mat. noise, yeah. John, thank you again. Um, I'm sure I'll have you back on the show at some point. Uh, maybe more DDT, maybe a different topic, but uh, it'll be fun regardless, I'm sure. Yeah, can't wait to come back on. All right, well, for John Carroll, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Bye. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? 
or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.